Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Bill Roth is back calling games for Virginia Tech this year, but only football games. To handle men's basketball games and events like the Tech Talk Live coaches shows, Learfield has hired Zach Mackey. All we know about Zach is that he's 6'4 and has the voice of a Greek god. Where do you hear this guy's voice? We got Zach in the Tech Sideline studio today, and we'll find out more about him. I'm TSL founder Will Stewart, and this is the Tech Sideline podcast. Welcome into episode 249 of the Tech Sideline podcast. How about that new podcast intro, huh? If you're just listening, then all you noticed is that the music's different. But if you're watching on YouTube, then you just got treated to a fiery Tech Sideline podcast logo and a sweet sponsor graphic for First Bank and Trust Company. The new intro is 13 seconds long, seven seconds shorter than the old intro. So we've saved you seven seconds off of your life. You're welcome. Tech Sideline is presented by First Bank and Trust Company. First Bank and Trust Company, one of the nation's leading community banks, is a nationally ranked community-focused bank with over 30 locations throughout Virginia and Northeast Tennessee with additional additional presence in North Carolina. They offer free checking with industry-leading mobile banking, financing solutions for personal, agriculture, business, commercial, and mortgage needs, and more. Visit www.firstbank.com to learn more. And I think it's kind of cool with all the first banks in the country they got the firstbank.com domain name. So very cool. So when I tell people about First Bank and Trust Company sponsorship, they always say, Jim McAllister, great guy, which I find fascinating because who knows the name of their banker? Um, so that's awesome. So if you're tired of the big banks and their impersonal service, check out First Bank and Trust Company, the bank that's big on personal service. I made that up myself. You like that? That's good. You, you can use it, Jim. <laughs> right. So if you really want to change your life for the better, one more promo and snap out of the doldrums, then like this video if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to us on YouTube and visit techsideline.com and subscribe to all of the great content for just $10 a month, first month free and student subscriptions are free. So ladies and gentlemen, you've just got me here. We've got Zach who we'll introduce in a second and on production today is Nick Brown. So let's say hello to our guest, Zach Mackey. Welcome in, Zach. Yeah, thanks. Well, excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Did I tell you about that voice? I was right. <laughs> so uh, when did you get into town? I got into town about three weeks ago, uh, right about it was August 2nd, whenever I first came into town. You know, it's interesting. I've been telling people as I've gone around, it was one thing for the first nine days. And then all of a sudden, now all the students are coming back. And then it's turned into like a, a totally different town to be around in that. It's been cool to see it kind of come to life in that. But three weeks in, trying to still get everything down. Where is this? Where is that? But it's been cool so far. Yeah, it's uh, so I live over in Radford and I live near Radford University. And it's this and if you're here for a few years, you'll you'll pick up on this. You like it when the students are here. And then by the end of the year, when they leave and the traffic drops, you're like, oh, this is nice. And then you're like, 
town's getting kind of dead. I wish they'd come back. So it's a really cool thing that kind of kind of waxes and wanes throughout the year. So uh, three weeks ago, when did you actually get the job? I got the job. I was offered the job right at the beginning of June. I started July 1st remotely, uh, still from um, the Midwest at that point in time. It's kind of I'm at that point in, in my life where I was had a ton of weddings. I was weddings every weekend. So I started remotely and then got on campus uh, right first day when fall camp started August uh, August 2nd there. Yeah, okay. And you've done a Tech Talk Live show already, right? I did. Last Thursday was the first one. Now, I did not have a chance to listen to that. Did you screw anything up or did you do well? <laughs> if you listen back, I'll tell you this. So we had some feedback in our ears, and this is kind of the behind-the-scenes thing people don't know. So I started the first one. You know, I'm already a little bit nervous, and I've got a delay of two seconds in my ear. So everything I'm saying is repeated in my ear two seconds. And that is a that's a whole thing try to fix and all that. And then <laughs> it got to the end, and uh, Bill Bill Roth and, and Mike Burnup have such a good rapport. They're going back and forth, and so we don't have the echo. I have the music down, so they don't hear the music, meaning we got to go. It's time to wrap it up, and we end up getting cut off right at the end. But just a couple of little minor things uh, technical-wise that we're going to fix up. All right, good for you. So it uh, may sound like an oddball question, but how many sp- – People spell your name with a K. <laughs> Folks, it's Z-A-C-H, yeah. not Z-A-C-K. How many people make that mistake? No, it's funny. A lot of people do. They There's so many different ways to spell it. Z-A-K, Z-A-C-K, like you said, Z-A-C. There's actually, I, I feel like not very many people that have it Z-A-C-H. I think that's rather rare. Yeah. Um, so my dad had this thing he would do where he would switch the first letter of your last name with the first letter of your first name. So in your case, you'd be Mac Zaki. So if I ever call you Mac, it's genetic. I apologize oh, if I get it backwards. Um, they get something I've heard about at, at Bojangles. I haven't been able to go yet. Like the the Mac, the Mac Daddy Finger, like something chicken strips or something. I don't know. Someone was telling me about that. We don't have Bojangles out in, in Montana or in the Midwest where I've been. So that's kind of a new a new thing for me, too. So I eat at Bojangles all the time because okay. it's, it's like the fast food that's closest to the office. Oh, perfect. And my middle son who goes to South Carolina, he eats at Bojangles almost every day. I probably <laughs> shouldn't out him on the podcast, but he loves the chicken sandwich combo. So I, I think it's the number 10. So I'd recommend the number okay. 10. And you definitely need to get to Bojangles. And there's your free plug, Bojangles. So let's do it. Let's do a thing. I, I want to read your bio as it's written on the Virginia Tech sports website. Okay. And I get a kick out of bios because they always start with what you're doing right now. Then they talk about the last thing you did. Then they talk about the thing before that. And by they get to the end, by the time they get to the end, they're talking about your birth weight and <laughs> what day you were conceived on. So, Honestly. so I think we can learn a lot about you by going through your uh, through your bio on Hokiesports.com. So, reading. Zach Mackey is currently the director of broadcasting at Virginia Tech which sounds impressive, by the way. Congratulations. Um, After serving the past three years as the voice of Montana State University football and basketball, his responsibilities at Tech include football pregame, postgame, and sideline reporting, because Bill and Mike are the ones who are going to be up in the booth. Basketball play-by-play. It doesn't specifically say men's, but it is men's basketball play-by-play, as well as hosting the football and basketball coaches shows, which is Tech Talk Live, right? And then it says, Zach also hosts a podcast. <laughs> just like, throw it in there. I love the way they just throw it in there. Like, <laughs> where can I find this podcast? What's the name of it? How often do you do it? 
<laughs> that is, yeah, we're actually, I'm starting next week. We're, we're going to do one on Thursdays with the coordinators. Uh, basically, Coach Price been pretty good about opening the coaching staff up even more right. so. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and do that, and then it's gonna transition to basketball once we get around basketball season. Yeah. Okay. So will that be audio only on the podcast, or will you be doing videos that run on YouTube? That will be so? audio only. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll look for that. So let's go back in time a little bit more. In addition to his radio play-by-play duties for Montana State football and basketball, Zach also excelled in a wide array of roles for the Bobcats. He called Montana State volleyball matches on ESPN Plus. Huge viewership. Yeah, on yeah, that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hosted Bobcat Insider chronicling MSU athletics and increased Bobcat athletics presence on social media. Okay. After a 20. I, and that's one I'm like, okay, how, how can how can he increase on social media? I'm what exactly like, does that I, mean? I don't know. I'm like, maybe it helped that they won, I guess. I don't know how the broadcaster but i guess it sounds good to the bio <laughs> i don't know were, were they running clips or were you we were graphics? doing some little like you know back and forth things but it, it, that's kind of an interesting statement all right well you can put that on your resume yeah um after a 2021-22 season that included calling an fcs national championship game very cool and an ncaa tournament game zach was honored as the 2021 Montana Sportscaster of the Year from the National Sports Media Association. So fess up how many sportscasters are in Montana. <laughs> how heavy was the competition? The, the competition was fierce. No, I uh, I don't know. You know, honestly, it basically that award comes down to it's pretty the either the radio voice of Montana or the radio voice of Montana State is kind of where it comes down to. Sometimes the sports reporter gets it. But, yeah, I, I said it helped out that I was in maybe the second least populous state in the, in the country that, that is it really? Wow. Um, I think I, Wyoming is the most and then Montana. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, years ago, Bill Roth won Virginia sportscaster of the year. And, and I said to him, Oh, congratulations. And he shrugs and goes, eh, it was my turn. <laughs> You're right. They were going yeah. back and forth between him and the guy who was calling games for UVA. So last paragraph, and this is where we get into how much your birth weight was. <laughs> Zach has been the play-by-play radio voice of the University of Iowa baseball team since 2015. So Montana State doesn't have baseball? No baseball out. It would be very difficult to get baseball going before uh, before June out there. Before the tundra has to fall, yeah. right? So what would you do? You'd go and go live in, in Iowa? Where's the University of Iowa? It's in Iowa City, okay. uh, which, yeah, is about an hour and a half out of Des Moines, uh, the capital there of Iowa. So, yeah, it was... It was kind of one of those crazy things where I was spending I was spending about eight months out of the year in Montana and have a place there year round, and then I would come back and I would have a place. I stayed with people in Iowa City, so some of my friends and, and buddies, and um, that was something that I I really wanted to do when I first got the Montana State job because I wanted to be able to get a whole year. You know, I didn't want to be done at basketball season. It kept my foot in the door at my alma mater, around my friends and around, you know, my family. But as I did that more and more, I kind of got to a point where I was like, I want to be able to be one place, put my feet in and focus in on this. And that's when the Virginia Tech job came open. That was enticing to me to be at one spot and to really put my feet in because, yeah, it was it was nice to be able to do that. But it was a lot of back and forth and it it got pretty crazy. Um, Don't let me forget, I want to. Since you've called all three sports, major sports, I want to ask you, you know, some something about it, which ones you prefer and all that. But we got to finish the bio. Yep. 
a 2018 graduate of the University of Iowa. So if you're paying attention, he's been calling baseball since 2015, but he didn't graduate Iowa until 2018, um, which means you're 26. Is that right? I just turned 27. 27. Yeah. Man. So congratulations. This is a pretty big time job for yeah. a guy who's 27. Uh, Zach also helped with football pre and post game coverage while contributing to men's and women's basketball broadcasts throughout his college years. He also has called a variety of sports for the Big Ten Network. Interesting. And earned the Bob Shepard High School PA Announcer of the Year Award and the runner-up for the Bob Costas High School Play-by-Play Broadcaster of the Year Award in 2013. It's a long time. In his hometown of, how do you pronounce that? Geneseo, Illinois. Geneseo, Illinois. So, sounds like you wanted to be a broadcaster from a very young age. Yeah, I did. You know, I... I went to a town that was really small, right? It was in Illinois, right on the Illinois-Iowa border in the Quad Cities. And uh, my my dad a, was a high school athletic director. Now he, he was a high school principal, and he just retired last May uh, from that post, too. But he, you know, he, I was at the athletic events all the time when I was young. I mean, running around with him. He was a football coach, too, so I was around all the time. And one time it was like, hey— we don't have a PA announcer. Will you go out there and do you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I was in eighth grade at the time. I was going to say how old are Yeah. You? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, so you I'll had the same it. great voice, but it squeaked every once Yo, in a while? Oh, gosh. Uh, no, it was not. I I hoped that I would someday get a deeper voice, but it was not like that at all. And so I, I was doing it. I liked doing the play-by, or I liked doing the um, PA announcing. And then we had like a, a small local access channel in town. They did the football <laughs> games, basketball games. They said, hey, you want to come up and, and do some of the games? Uh, with it, it was a longtime coach who, who did the play-by-play, and I just kind of helped him. I'm like, yeah, sure. And, you know, he would come. He owned a business in town, and he would come do the games and go. And I started doing them, and I would come with like sheets I would look up everything I could about you know high school that no one had ever heard of or knew much about and I was always trying to come prepared with stuff so I I started doing that I was getting uh more and more reps and then it was kind of you know 2013 2014 right when streaming was becoming a thing it was starting to kind of pick up and so I started I went to my dad I'm like hey can we start like streaming these road events and uh, he's like, I mean, yeah, sure, if you're able to get people. So it was basically me and all my friends. I mean, it was so much fun because it was all the guys. We would pile into the car, go to the road, you know, basketball games or that. We all played football and, and baseball. So we would go do a lot of basketball and we would just pile into the car, go out there and do the games and then, uh, you know, come back. And when I look back at them, I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe some, some of that stuff. But um you know, it's one of those things that I think it got the fire going. I, I realized senior year, like, hey, people do this for a job. Like, I could actually, like, do this for the rest of my life. And that's when I was trying to decide where to go. You know, I saw I was an opportunity to be able to uh, get opportunities right away. And I, I jumped at it to go there. So did you look at, I mean, the biggies are, uh, you know, Syracuse, Arizona State, uh, Virginia Tech's getting better and better yeah. due to what Bill Roth has done with the program. Um did, did you look at those or pretty much Iowa? Didn't even think about it, just we're going to do Iowa? No, you know, I did. And I, I looked at Syracuse, Missouri, Northwestern were all by me. They're, you know, perennial have been some of the top broadcasting schools in the country. When, when I was a junior and a senior, I was big into like uh, e- emailing broadcasters and trying to get an opportunity to come up in the booth with them, try to see how they work, how they do. 
And so I, I emailed a lot with Adam Amin. He had me come to, to some of the events he was doing for ESPN. And, and Gary Dolphin, who's still the, the longtime voice of the Iowa Hawkeyes, let me come up. And then um, Dan Schulman, who was doing Sunday Night Baseball at Love the time. Dan yeah, he's got that great voice. And uh, he was doing basketball with Dick Vitale. And, and, that, and Schulman said, hey, we're doing a White Sox game. Why don't you come up to the booth for Sunday Night Baseball? It was John Kruk, Oral Hershiser, and, and him. You can sit up there and, you know, kind of see what you like. And so I was, like, starstruck. I mean, you know, these guys are on Sunday Night Baseball, the biggest baseball game in the country. And uh, sat up there with them. And, you know, he could not have been nicer. And, you know, one of the things that all these guys stressed was – go somewhere where you can get reps right away because that's the number one thing you know you can get all a's and you can go to a school the thing that i was nervous about syracuse or something like that is that you're not really getting on air until you're a junior or a senior i was doing iowa baseball traveling to the country as a freshman in college i got opportunities right away because i went to a place that wasn't as well known for that type of thing did did the big ten did the big ten network play into your thinking that there there's I know the ACC network uses a lot of students, like yeah. some of Bill Ross' students. Uh, Jake Lyman calls a lot of games. Uh, he's had uh, Evan Hughes called a lot of games, and, and I'm sure yeah. other students are calling games. Did that play into it, and did you get a chance? Or does, does the Big Ten network so well established? Have they Did they hire professionals, or could you work as a college no, student? No, you could work as a college student. They did a lot of BTN Student U, where it was all student production, everything from the top down, and – I, I can vividly remember as a senior in in uh, high school, sitting there watching Big Ten Network. It was an Iowa wrestling match, and all of a sudden it comes on, you know, on the Big Ten Network. It's all student production, student announcers, student everything. So I was like, okay, this is an opportunity to be able to get on the actual network with, you know, this type of stuff. You're going to a place that is a, a Big Ten university, much like here in ACC University. You're going to get exposure even if it's doing Virginia Tech soccer Iowa soccer you know it's bigger than than basketball at some of those places some of those smaller schools so once I saw that I was I was hooked with that I'm like okay I got an opportunity to be able to potentially get on air right away as you know a young person and I emailed those people and got set up they said yeah when you get to campus we'll be able to do this you'll be able to go and you know I think my second day on campus I did a soccer match no or something right away yeah um what's your favorite sport to do we'll go ahead and ask that question now my my favorite sport to do is basketball I just like the fast pace quickness of it there's always something happening you got to kind of know like is this important is this not whenever you're talking about it but yet I think there's opportunities to be like, if there's dead time, I can always talk about this, that, this. I mean, I, I think that that football is a, a huge, a huge thing. And I love the fact that it's one game a week and it's the biggest game on every campus. You know, it's that big one that everyone's looking forward to. I like the production around it. As far as the actual play-by-play -play of it, I really like the quick pace up and down of, of basketball. Yeah. Um, so going back to when you were talking about reps, uh, you know, talking to Bill Roth about this and, you know, there's a uh, uh, he's got a student in his uh, program right now that works with us, a sophomore named Giovanni Heater. Gio's yeah. from Syracuse. And Gio Flat told me the other day, my basement's full of Syracuse stuff. But one of the reasons Gio came here was the opportunity to get reps early in a program like Virginia Tech, because he yeah. knew that that if he'd gone to Syracuse, that you're right, you don't you don't get to start on that stuff till you're a junior or senior. 
Um, what do you think about baseball? I've always thought baseball would be hard to call. Yeah, you know, baseball is, it's funny because everyone thinks that I'm going to say baseball because that was the first thing I really, you know, did right. on a professional level in that. And I, I like baseball. Baseball's great. I mean, to be able to do baseball, I think, is the best way to, like, cut your teeth in, in broadcasting. There's a lot of opportunity because there's a lot of teams, a lot there of is. minor league teams, yeah. a lot of games. There's a ton of those. And the, but my, my case scenario and, I mean, it is it is what it is. I I like doing baseball. It gets to be a lot when we go fifty five games and we're going three days every single weekend. You know, I got I got done in June with Iowa baseball, and I'm like, besides Christmas, I didn't have a single weekend off with football, basketball, baseball. The way the Big Sky plays basketball, the way you know it went, we went so long in in football, we went right into basketball through December with the FCS playoffs. So. I, you know, at that point in time, I was like, okay, I'm ready to get a couple of months off to kind of relax a little bit. And baseball, th there's nothing like it when you can, you know, hear the pitch, hear the people in the background, you know, get kind of a good sense of what's going on at the ballpark. The, you know, just that, that ambient sound yeah. is what gets me at baseball. Uh, I really like baseball. It can just get sometimes for me long and I'm like okay I can never plan is it going to be a two-hour game or is it going to be a four-hour game you never know yeah um so listening to you talk it sounds like even at 6-4 sounds like you didn't play basketball I think you just said that you played football and baseball is that correct that's correct yeah. if I told you this to this might surprise you I in well in middle school up till freshman year I wrestled I didn't play basketball I did wrestling kind of the Midwest thing so that's why I'm I was I did a lot of Iowa wrestling whenever I was there I'm excited to to get to see and be around a program like Virginia Tech that's you know well known for their wrestling across the country too but uh yeah I, I did football all four years I did baseball my sophomore and in or my freshman and sophomore year stopped doing baseball then and, and did more broadcast of baseball junior and senior year and, you know, the funny thing is, is like you said, I'm, I'm 6'4 now, but when I graduated high school, I was 6'1". I, I grew about three inches in college, my freshman year of college. That's kind of rare these days with yeah. all the growth hormones they put in all the food. You know, most uh, kids are going through puberty early. And I, I was this size. Well, I weighed less, but <laughs> I was this height in ninth grade. Were you really? Yeah. Wow. I, I played offensive line on the ninth grade football oh, team, wow. if you can believe that. I wouldn't have picked you for a lineman. Yeah, well, I had a giant butt when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> so let's get back on topic here. So I did want to ask you a random question. Um, I don't know how big of a uh, uh, area Montana is, but uh, Brooke Leonard, who worked for Channel 10, Brooke grew up around yeah. here and I think went and spent a year in Montana. Did you know? She did. She spent in Bozeman, right where I was at in Bozeman. Now, she left about two months before I got there okay. to come back to Blacksburg. We had uh, known each other because the old sports reporter uh, who were still there was like, oh, Brooke's going to Virginia Tech. It was right when I got announced she was still there. So we knew of each other but hadn't met until uh, the ACC kickoff a couple of months back. She's she's great. She loves her work. So, uh, so you got to work a uh, national championship game in football. Um, how was that? That was fun till uh, about the first series, and then North Dakota State's so good at that level. They they ended up rolling. We actually um, this is this is a crazy story. Montana State. Okay, they go you know the whole season whatever with this uh, transfer. 
um, and, uh, you know, does great, does whatever, and then um, lose the final game of the year against Montana. And out there, you could lose every game, but if you beat Montana, you're fine. You're right. good. That's yeah. the only game that matters on the schedule. And they decided, okay, we're going to make a switch at quarterback. After, you know, you're the number five team of the country, they make a switch on Monday. On Thursday, the guy who started the whole season announces he's transferring whatever so he leaves okay so you go through the playoffs with a f- true freshman a montana qu- kid quarterback wow. he goes three games wins three games get to the national championship game of the first play from scrimmage rolls his ankle and uh is out for the whole game so you're technical in your third string quarterback playing in the national championship game and it just they, they couldn't quite get it rolling get it going uh and north dakota state ended up winning it but there was so much hype and buildup. It felt like a bowl game, basically, because you were down there for a week. It was just, it was cool to be a part of a, a uh, process like that, and and just to see, you know, football. Yeah, it's at the FCS level, but it was a big game for for them and the people out there. That was the one thing about Montana is that it didn't have a lot of say nationally, and that's why I wanted to come to a place like Virginia right, Tech right. and wanted to to come here. But to the people out there, it matters. And every game was sold out, 22,000 people. It mattered to the people out there. But I wanted to get somewhere where I knew about, people knew about nationally, and a place like Virginia Tech was the perfect fit. Um, so, Nick, uh, North Dakota State, is that where Quincy Patterson went? Quincy Patterson went? Yeah. Um, you, you might be. If you yes. prepped for the game, yeah. then, then you know that uh, – so let's let's get into that a little bit. How you got hired at Tech? Um, uh, one question I want to ask you, and I want to ask this right away because I want to get into the hiring process and how that unfolded. But it's it's a it's a little unusual to be coming in and and being the director of broadcasting, but not being the guy to do football. Mm-hmm. But from listening to you talk, you said you like doing basketball, and Tech's got an ACC championship basketball team, yeah. so I'm sure that was a nice draw. In addition to the to, to the Hokies being larger, you know, a, a larger uh, arena or a platform than than Montana State. So, how did you hear about the job? When did you apply? Talk us through all that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's one of those industries, and and you know this will they it ever is kind of connected. You yeah, kind of yeah. know what's happening, who's where, what's happening. I saw that uh, that John was leaving. That you know they were they were doing some fill in stuff throughout. Um, throughout the spring and I kind of kept my eye on it. I was like, okay, I wonder who's going to get that. I mean, they're the, the good thing is that when, when people get into these jobs and these roles, they're here like, like Bill for 30 years and they're great jobs. And there's not, I mean, this, this was the only, uh, there was two power five jobs in, in the country this year. And that was considered a lot compared to uh, what there typically is at Florida state. And then here and uh, so, you know, this kind of, I, I kind of kept my eye on this. Then all of a sudden I saw, hey, here's the application. It's opening up through Learfield. Uh, Learfield has the multimedia rights at Iowa. They have the rights at Montana State, and they have the rights at Virginia Tech. So I kind of knew um, some you of knew the pe- some people. Yeah, I knew yeah. the people who run the radio side, sent sent emails in basically to the general manager here, Kyler, and, and sent it to people at Learfield and uh you know, I, I didn't hear back for about a month. And I was like, okay, you know, that's the way it is. And then they get an email, you're in the top 20. I'm like, okay, that's great. That's good. Then I get an email, okay, you're in the top 10. Okay, great. It's like a, it's like Survivor. You're getting voted off the island or something. And then they said, okay, we're going to interview the top six. 
So we did interviews through Zoom uh, throughout all that. And then I didn't hear anything for a week after mine. And I was like, okay, you know, it was a good experience. I didn't get it. It's the way it is. And I was at the Big Ten tournament uh, for baseball. And I got a call and said, hey, we want you to come on campus and kind of meet with Wit and some of the coaches and, and see how that is. So I came on campus uh, Labor Day weekend, right at the end of May, beginning of June. And uh, it was great. They, um, as I was at the airport, offered me the job. And right away that next day, I said, yep, I'm on board. I want to do it. So at that point, were you the guy or were you one of maybe two or three people that, or, I mean, did they just, had they made their mind up and they just wanted to do the sniff test up close? Or do you think the visit sealed the deal? What are, what are your thoughts there? I, I think that they knew a sense of where they wanted to go and they just kind of wanted to dot the I's and cross the T's right. and make sure that no one was like, hey, I, I think we need to look at this again or yeah. or something like that. You know, I um, Tom Bowman is uh, probably a name that a lot of people don't know, but he he runs a lot of the radio hirings at Learfield and he, he's involved in a lot of that. So I, I've known Tom since I was at Iowa and then when I was at Montana State. So he knew who I was. He was advising uh, Virginia Tech on the process and uh, involved with them as well. So I think that he knew a sense of my background of that. When I, you know, when I came here uh, to meet those guys, it was my first time ever in Blacksburg, my first time ever on campus. So it was, you know, trying to get a sense of of campus and what it was like. And I couldn't get over. It. I kept when I was talking to people back there, I'm like, the campus is just gorgeous. The flowers and the just how nice the grass and I mean, the buildings are just gorgeous around campus here. Yeah, it's a uh, I grew up in Charlottesville, you know, okay. and, and certainly the University of Virginia has its places. Yeah. But as a campus as a whole, you know, Virginia Tech is, is kind of unique in the in the way I don't know, it's, it's incredible. When I came here in 1983, I just fell in love with the place and, yeah. and never wanted to leave. So one of the questions that, uh, and, and this this I think fits in nicely here, one of our message board posters, are you Hokie, Radford University Hokie, says, before taking the job, what were your impressions of Virginia Tech and Virginia Tech hoops? It's funny because I, I like, how many times people have asked that? I think it's, you know, a lot of people want to know, okay, what nationally kind of almost are you perceived as before you before you come here? I, I'll tell you, I, I knew a couple of things when I before I, I got here, I knew of of Coach Beamer uh, and, you know, obviously his history and him being here. I was at Iowa where where Kirk Ferentz is now the longest tenured head coach. But he uh, you know, there was a lot of similarities, I think people thought between the two. And people got a sense of uh, they kind of handled their way, maybe a little bit more similar that way. Uh, so I, I definitely knew Coach Beamer. I knew uh, Michael Vick came to mind right away. I mean, and, and Tyrod Taylor and, you know, the way that they played in the early 2000s whenever, you know, Tech was going to the national championship game. And But you were and, a little kid. You didn't really. Like I was. I was. But I knew enough to know, like Michael Vick, like the highlights of him wearing Virginia Tech stuff, running right. around the field, doing circles. And like I can remember that type of stuff. And going like that, it wasn't like I was like this huge fan every night sitting in front of the TV, but it's more like I, I would see, you know, highlights of Michael Vick, you know, of, of that type of sense. Uh, and then enter Sandman. I mean, I, I just had heard so much about that. And, you know, that's always that was like a bucket list. I remember telling people like, gosh, I got to go. I want to go to, uh, you know, Death Valley on a night game sometime and and go to enter Sandman. I feel like anyone who's a college football fan has that like on the bucket list you want to be able to see an army navy game one of those like those are some some cool you know little quirks but those were the three things 
I think that right away came to mind. And I mean, as far as the history of that, I knew right away too that that men's basketball team had won the ACC, you know, championship and had made quite a run of the ACC tournament after, you know, having a, a year where they were in the middle of the ACC and mm-hmm. in, in the regular season. And then what they did at the end, I mean, was really impressive. So getting an opportunity to do basketball too, knowing what they had done there, that was enticing to me. So being a sideline guy for football, you're, you're going to get to experience inner Sandman at the field level. And, uh, and I did that once, Gosh, many years ago, um, I don't remember what year this was. It was sometime between 2005 and 2008 when when the um, I, you know, we I don't I don't want to go off on a tangent, but we did our Frank Beamer fantasy camp thing. A bunch of us paid money and got to spend a weekend with the coaches, kind of acting like the football team. Oh, nice. But part of what we got out of that was we got to be on the field. It was the worst game of the year. It was uh, Florida, Florida, FAMU. It was FAMU. Florida A&M, and m okay. they were really bad that year. They looked like a high school team. But anyway, we got to be on the field for Inner Sandman. But that was that was back before they'd really honed it to an art like what it is now. So, so I think you're going to enjoy that. And what I'll tell you about Castle is that when Castle gets going, the noise there is huh. at floor level. Um, it's you're you're gonna you're gonna love it being a broadcaster in that setting see the thing is is with doing the play-by-play is you're you're up in the booth we would have an hour pregame and then we would have an hour postgame so you know the celebrations on the field all that it's like I always felt like we weren't even we never saw the fans walking around the concourse much because you know you're up in the booth before then so that's I'm, I'm kind of excited about being down to the field level getting a sense of what that's like uh, you know throughout throughout a game day so have you gotten a chance to spend time with Mike Young and spend time around the basketball team? Yeah, I have a, a little bit. Uh, he was involved in that interview process, and then I saw him. We, we were talking out at football practice the other day, and uh, then I stopped by the other day kind of in there. I know they're kind of, in a sense right now, they're doing some individual work. They had some recruits on campus when I was there last time. So they're uh, kind of getting a sense, piled down a little bit. But uh, it, I've heard so many good things and can't wait to get that season going. He's a lot of fun. He's a quote machine. Um, you're going to enjoy that. So I checked with someone who knows you and said, tell me some, tell me some things about Zach that, you know, people don't know. Okay. And you kind of touched on one of them. You said that uh, you mentioned Kirk Ferentz. Uh, you used to work in the recruiting office Yeah. for Kirk Ferentz, right? As an undergrad. I did. You know, it was, it was one of those things I got done with my freshman year. I had kind of already reached out to Iowa football and uh, my dad was a football coach and an athletic director. And so I went and met with um, some people in the player uh, player development, basically. And they said, um, yeah, you know, we don't have anything now. Keep in contact. I'm like, okay. The, my freshman year got done that summer. And they, they contacted me and said, hey, we've got some, we've got an opening. You want to come join us for the summer, whatever, work in our recruiting department. Like, yeah, sure. So I, I got up there, helped with camps, uh, and then just stayed on throughout the season, helping them up there. And, and Iowa runs it a little bit different. It's a pretty small staff in, in college football. It's the assistants. There's two analysts. The recruiting department was was two people and then, um, and then three of us students. And so I was doing that and I was doing, I was broadcasting. They let, they were really good about letting me, I mean, I was going all the spring doing baseball and they were good. Go do that, do that broadcasting. And, uh, it was interesting because it got to where my, my junior and senior year, then they said, 
hey, why don't you, we had some conflicts, why don't you come host our first hour of the pregame show and the postgame show on the radio network? And uh, I was like, okay. So I was like, can I, I got to clear this through like someone in football to make sure that this is okay. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's good. So it's kind of weird because I'm working in that department throughout the day. I mean, I was putting in 30 hours a week and then I'm also a student and then I was doing the broadcasting. I was uh, talking about those guys that I'm seeing in the hallways and that I'm like, you know, the coaches. And so that was always kind of a fine line for me to in. We take calls in the post game and people would call in and just rip and I'm like, okay, then I got to go to work tomorrow and see all these people in the hallway and all this. Like, this is kind of weird. But I I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I saw how someone like Coach Ferentz runs a football program. I think it's interesting because a lot of people in media and just out there in society don't see how a, a major power five college football team runs. And I got to see the inner workings of it, be around it for, for my three years of undergrad and then I graduated. I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do and how, what I was going to do broadcasting. I still was doing baseball. And they said, well, why don't you come on full time with us and, and just work in our recruiting, do all of that. And I said, yeah, that, that's perfect. You know, right now, that's what I, I want to do. And I just saw the hours that go into it. I mean, people see the game days and that's the glitz and the glam. And that's a lot of fun. But, oh, my goodness, you would not believe the hours that these guys put in and they go off-season, in-season. And I was like, I, I just have so much more of a passion for the broadcasting. It's fun for me to do the broadcasting, yeah. and I that's what I want to pursue. And that's when I really got into, you know, okay, I want to find out where am I going to go next. The Montana State job opened up, and I went after that. And I, I enjoyed my time within recruiting. I think it gave me a better sense of knowing as a broadcaster – what these people are as people, what goes what on. Go yeah. What, what happens in recruiting, what happened, you know, all of that. I have so much more of a sense of, I think, but I'm, I'm happy I'm on the broadcasting side. So as late as 2018, you were still with them and, yeah. he, and he still had a relatively small staff. Yeah. Cause that's it, unusual. I mean, you know how things is, have yeah. staffed up. Right. I mean, he's been there 24 years now. So he's the longest tenured. And a lot of those people have been there from the beginning. You know, he, he, Coach Ferentz's son, Brian, is the offensive coordinator. His uh, son-in-law, uh, Tyler Barnes, is the director of recruiting. So he was my direct report to. Uh, and it's it's a really, it's a small staff for the most part. And uh, I think they kind of pride themselves on that. Not, you know, having a whole bunch of extra people and all that. But it was it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. I think you made the right call though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, you know, I, I just see recruiting departments just chew through people cause it's, it's a lot of work. Yes. Um, so let's see, uh, from a, a guy on our message board named, uh, three tech fans. Actually, I don't want to get to that yet. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, you're coming to a school that you didn't grow up around here. You've, you've maybe seen them at a distance. And I remember talking, when Bill Roth went to UCLA for one year, I remember a conversation I had with him where I don't remember exactly how he phrased it, but it it was words to the effect of, I'm going to a place with a tremendous history, and I don't know any of it. And I'm going to be on the air talking about UCLA football for three to four hours every Saturday. Then I'm going to be on the air calling 30 to 40 basketball games, he's like, I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing or just 
not know enough and people are going to pick up on the little things. I'm sure all that's gone through your head. How do you prepare for that? Yeah. No, that's Well, a, you're going to have Mike Burnup there. I'm going to well, have Mike Burnup there. Yeah, so Burnup will be doing basketball with you. Yep. Okay, so it's important to establish that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have him for Tech Talk Live for that, for pregame, he's going to do that with me. So, uh I've got that. No, that is that's something that is something I love college athletics and college sports and broadcasting college athletics. You get the band, the alumni, you're talking to donors, you're going around the state and doing all that, but there's such a history with every university and with every, you know, this is why we do this. This is how we do this. I felt it right away when I got to Montana state, cause I didn't know a single thing about Montana state or anything about it. And, you know, I, I've definitely felt it coming here. I know that, Hey, you need to, especially in the first, first year, first couple of years, be a really good listener. You know, when people are, are talking about things, listen to that. Don't try to, I think if you force it and try to act like you, like I, I wasn't there, Mike Burnup was there when they were playing, you know, for national championships, Bill was there when they were, you know, winning 10 games for 10 consecutive years. I'm not going to fake it and act like I was there and, you know, act like, oh, I remember when, but yet. I, I still want to have respect for it and be able to, you know, pay homage to those people who who developed Virginia Tech into what it is and that it is it's one of those things where you're I, I see us now and I think it's changed as basically an extension of the marketing department at Virginia Tech. I mean, I, I'm not there to get a gotcha moment or to try to make Virginia Tech look in a bad light. And with that, you know, I don't want to walk myself into a corner that I don't even know is like, hey, we don't we don't do that here. We don't talk about that. I, I remember when I got on campus here, I one of the first things someone told me was like, Yeah, it's not Botech. Don't say Botech. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I mean it's on the score bug. So I you would, you know, maybe think that that was not that I had said it yet, but I'm like, that's good to know. I like to know those type of things and that. And you know, it, it's it's nice having someone like like Mike there. I think that helps so much. I think that, you know, hopefully people and so far they've been great about like I get it. You're like the new guy coming in and this is your first year. You weren't around here. You don't really know what, you know, how things used to be. And someone like Bill has been here forever. Someone like Mike has been here forever. And, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of that chip on the shoulder sometimes. I think for some people, hopefully I'm able to kind of, to get to a sense where I'm like, listen, I'm all in for Virginia Tech and I want Virginia Tech to win every single game they go out there. I want to be able to put the best broadcast out there along with it. But I'm on we're on the same team and we both want the same goal and end. But it is it is, you know, coming into a university like that, it, it can be kind of nerve wracking knowing that, hey, these people have their entire lives followed this program and followed this school. And I, I've lived in the Midwest, you know, for most of my life. I I wasn't as ingrained in it as the people are out here. But that that's a challenge all broadcasters face as, yeah. as they move around. Um, so uh, it's also not the University of Virginia Tech. That's right. I did hear that. Recruits will say that. That's not a thing. <laughs> Can you tell me the full name of Virginia Tech? Do you know what it is? It's Virginia Tech Poli Sci Institute. Poly, isn't it? So oh, glad we get to teach this to you while you're here. <laughs> okay, good. I'll give you a hint. It, it is it is VPI and SU, which you're also not supposed to call Virginia Tech anymore, but VPI and SU. Okay. Virginia Polytechnic Institute 
and State University. Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to put that on my note card or something to remember that. It's, it's a mouthful. And uh, I've been can, right now, I've been trying to study the the staff directory. I'm like, I meet somebody <laughs> and then I, okay, who who is this again? It's like so many people all at once. Uh, have you met John Boleyn? I have during the uh, interview. I, I got just real quickly. It was just in passing or whatever in that, but uh, did get to say hi to him. John can also be a tremendous resource. He has been here. I mean, I mean, you ticked off the names. Burnett played here in, in the 70s and has been here. Uh, Bill Roth uh, has been here since 87 or 88, with the exception of the year at UCLA. Uh, um, Belen's been here since the late 80s. So those are guys I can think of off the top of my head that, mm-hmm. that, that can be good resources for you. Uh, sorry to put you on the spot asking no, you about good. the full that's name. Good, that's guess. hysterical. I won't ask you to sing the alma mater. We're, <laughs> we're not there yet. Uh, so uh, three tech fans from the message boards. Uh, is there a legend, you broadcasting legend, you look up to and try to emulate and copy? Yeah, you know, in, in the Midwest, I would listen a lot to Pat Hughes called the Chicago Cubs. I really liked uh, the way that he, you know, had such good pacing. I think of broadcasting, so much of it is like, the way you pace things and the way that you let things flow and go and sounds easy to the ears. I just think you throw on Pat Hughes and the Chicago Cubs. It's easy to listen to. I really enjoy um, Jeff Joniak. He does the Chicago Bears and uh, he they're different styles, but he's so quick and can get everything in and, and be able to get to his next point. He's talking so quickly and on to the next, but he enunciates, you know what he's talking about. And then nationally, um, Kevin Kugler did a ton of Big Ten network games. He does Sunday Night Football on Westwood One and the NFL and all that. So he, uh, just listening to him and the way that he interacts with analysts and kind of poses questions and makes it conversational, that's been somebody that I've really tried to to emulate. Yeah, okay. So let's see what else we got here. Uh, have you had, a, this is VT Voice, and I think we sort of answered most of this. Have you had any past connections with Virginia Tech and and kind of as a follow-up, what enthuses you about the school as, as you, not only what you observe from afar, but what you've, you've observed since you got here? Yeah, so um, I, I also knew of uh, Bill Roth, obviously, and what you know he's been able to do. So to be able to work with a guy like that was, was really enticing coming in. Uh, I, I, since I've been on campus, I've felt the renewed sense of kind of excitement and you know, I feel like people are giving uh, a, a good, you know, a restart. Hey, l- let's look at this now with Coach Pry. We'll look through this with a different lens and see how things are going. Ticket sales show that, that, you know, people are excited and engaged. Um, I, I feel like right now, the way that, especially because when I was getting involved in this hiring process, it was when softball was rolling. Baseball had it figured out. They were rolling right on through, too. I mean, I feel like football has such a renewed sense and excitement around Coach Pry. Basketball right now was the ACC tournament champions and probably have a better team back this year than what they even did last year. And so there's just so much excitement, I think, about these teams in this coming year of what they're able to produce and what they can do out on the field. Uh, the people have been so nice to me and welcoming in so far. So that's been you know, a great added bonus. But I'm just so excited to be around teams and programs that not only uh, look like they're going to have a real 
good opportunity to be successful on, on the field, on the court, but also care about radio, care about what we're doing, helping us out. How can they do this? We, we did tech talk live on Thursday and, uh, the very last person to leave was Coach Pry. He went around to every single person. Okay. Everyone had left. He stayed and had uh, dinner. He was sitting around. We, me and Burnup were leaving, and he was right behind us, the last person. I mean, he, from what I hear, it's a lot different than the way it had been in the past. He came in and, and made sure that everyone knew that they were welcome there, and then, you know, he wanted to talk to each person. Uh, Mike Young will be the same way, um, and – you know, people talked about people who attend Tech Talk, Tech Talk Live. First of all, where is it held these days? Is it still at McLean's? Yeah, McLean's over there. Okay. Um, but I don't attend in person, but people who do attend it drew a stark contrast between Justin Fuente and Mike Young. Uh, Fuente would literally come in right before his spot, do his spot, and leave, whereas Mike Young would get there earlier, hang out with the fans, you know, and, and hang around late. So, so that's great to hear that about Pry. Um, so a, a random question I thought of as a broadcaster, um, and I guess these two questions go together. What was the, so far, you know, it, like you haven't called a lot of stuff on a big stage, but so far, what's the most exciting game or call you were involved in? And as a broadcaster, do you guys prep in any way for those big moments how do you prepare for something that's going to happen and you don't know it's coming mm -hmm. so what's what's the uh, most fun important thing you ever did and do you prepare for stuff well you know i i basically have three three championship like that went to the championship so they uh iowa baseball won the big 10 whenever it was my first year doing it so I, you know, am kind of like, wow, this is cool. I hope this keeps happening. And then it never happened again for the next <laughs> five years. I mean, it's so difficult to be able to do. But I, I learned in that 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 was something where I better, yeah, I don't want to have it scripted out. And I don't want to, like, have written out word for word what I'm going to say or it sounds weird, it sounds forced. But I better be conscious and be ready because I think it got to that moment and I was kind of like, Oh, geez, they just won the Big Ten. I better have some signature call or something that, you know, and I didn't really like how it sounded afterwards. When um, when Montana State won to go to the national championship game, I knew that obviously you win this game, you're going to the national championship. And when they won in basketball to win the regular season and, and then won the tournament, I knew that, hey, these are big moments. I need to be able to, like, this This is what's going to play on the highlight tapes maybe in 10 years, 20 years or something. I need to make sure that it's something that I'm proud of and that, you know, people can can resonate with. So now I think that I... I'm conscious of it. I make sure that I don't script it out and know all of, you know, this is what I'm going to say. But those championship, you know, calls are great in that. It, it seems it's funny because it's like the everyday calls whenever it's just a normal Tuesday game, something spectacular happens. And those end up, I feel like, being the best calls whenever you're not like, you know, so ready and, and you're not thinking. Because when I'm, when I'm thinking of going to the national championship game for Montana State, I'm thinking – okay, this is what's going on the highlight tape. This is, I know, so I have to be so good. And I have to be, you know, bring it all of a sudden. And that's the hard, I, I like calling the games and doing that. I sometimes think I, I maybe lack a little bit in the big moments coming through with this unbelievable call that's like that. But at the end of the day, you know, it's the team that wins it and they care about what, you know, the team's having success and that. And the call goes along with it. That's the way it is. But yeah, I, I just think that's a long way to say that I, 
I try to be mindful that, hey, something big could happen here. At any moment. Um, do you have any catchphrases at this point? Like, you know, the iron unkind and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, does know, that stuff grow organically or, or are you trying to find your thing and yeah. pick it up? Well, maybe we'll open the message boards if someone's got things that I uh, need to have as the <laughs> no, go-to. You, you, you don't want to go there. No, no offense <laughs> to the guys on the message boards, but you don't want to go there. Uh, no, you know, I always, I always signed off the broadcast so long until next time. That's kind of been the only thing that I've always done every single broadcast. But otherwise, I don't really have anything right now that I'm like, I've got, you know, this is what I do for this. I don't. Yeah. So uh, for more your hokey, what's the biggest surprise so far since arriving at Virginia Tech? For are you talking specifically like at camp and just all, anything? Uh, well, you know, well, uh, just for you, the yeah. job you're working, you know, what what it, what is something that's not the way you thought it would be? Well, in I, a good way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think one of the biggest things is you know the there's people that spend their whole lives, I get it, getting to the power five level of trying to get to a major university like Virginia Tech and, and like some of these schools across the country. And sometimes it's easy to to get an ego and put up a wall and kind of be like, you know, I put my chest out. I got here. This is so, you know, so good. And I, I think I've seen that other places that I've gone. I've seen where, you know, people are, uh, you know, kind of like, hey, I don't know who you are, but I, you know, I've worked so hard to get here. I haven't felt that as the new guy here. I mean, I, I feel like people are really uh, wanting to help out, do whatever they can to help out. They don't feel like, uh, you know, like you're some new guy on the block. Who is this? I mean, I, I just can't say enough that, you know, people have been really receptive and nice and not the ego driven that you sometimes get in college athletics. Yeah. Okay. Good to hear. So let's go through some personal stuff any hobbies yeah uh yeah hobbies uh i like i like skiing i did a lot of skiing when i was in montana ride my bike around um i like playing sports outside you know i, I was kidding with uh with bill i think the other day i said honestly the I was so, whenever I was interviewing for Virginia Tech, I was so into like, okay, this is, you know, I got to be ready for this, this, this. And then they asked me like, what do you like to do for hobbies? And I'm like, geez, I'm like sitting there like, what am I going to say for this? What can I, like, I'm like, one of the simple, easy questions. I'm like, what, what do you say your hobbies are? What are your things you like to do? But I, I like being outside. I like being at sporting events, going around to sporting events. I'll be at the, you know, different Olympic events and that that we have on campus, uh, I just like being around people, you know, that's, that's kind of my thing. So my source tells me your parents have a lake house and you love the lake. Oh yeah. I'm where, where, at, where are we talking about back in Lake Illinois? of the Ozarks? Yeah. Oh. Down in, down in the Ozarks. Um, we're down there a lot. Uh, one of the things during COVID, um, you know, there was no sports, there was nothing going on. So I, I bought a, a, just a little 19 foot Sea Ray boat and I was on that boat every single weekend down there as much as possible. Uh, we took it down there a ton. It was back in the, up by the Mississippi, up and down the Mississippi. So I'm a, you know, it seems like people are lake guys, beaches guys. I, I definitely enjoyed the lake. Yeah. Okay. Um, big fan of country music and Chris Stapleton, <laughs> as well as live reality TV shows. <laughs> Is that true? I think I know who your person is now. I think it <laughs> might be it out, Evan right? Hughes. Uh, might be. Your person. I might know well, Evan. I'll out Evan then because he was telling me, he's like, what TV do you like? I'm like, I actually like a lot of reality TV. And he's like, I'm the biggest American Idol fan you've ever really? seen, whatever. He he used to sit and call. He would call when they had the phone call and call for who his favorite <laughs> was. He told me the other day. But uh, 
Yeah, no, I I always have. I got uh, the highway on Sirius XM on my car the whole time going. I love country music. Saw Chris Stapleton this summer. He sounds just as good in concert as he does on the radio. And um, yeah, that that's my genre of music. So one I left off relative to uh, to uh, your time at Iowa. Evan says you got to call multiple no hitters as the voice of Iowa baseball. Yeah, I did a couple of those. You know, it was really a really really fun year. My junior year, Iowa won the Big Ten, and they they went to the Big they went to the NCAA tournament, got to the championship of the regional finals, didn't move on. That was in that was in June. And then in uh, the beginning of August, they were selected to go as Team USA at the World University Games, hmm. which is basically the college version of the Olympics. They were okay. in Taiwan, per, and it was teams went. So Purdue men's basketball went. Uh, it, I can't remember who. It might have been Tennessee women's basketball. And somehow Iowa baseball was selected to go. So And uh, coach called me. He said, hey, I want you to come with us and broadcast these games uh, overseas, which – some of the stories from that, I mean, they, they think that anyone from the U.S. who's in media is like like your Joe Buck walking out there or something. They're like, okay, we have security here with you. I'm like, we don't need security <laughs> in Taiwan. It, it, like, this is going on the internet back home in, in Iowa City. But uh, they, and all of a sudden, we're playing, um, I think it was Japan in one of those games, and one of the guys threw a no-hitter uh, there, and, you know, we got... 20,000 people the the Taiwanese love baseball they're huge baseball fans they were packed the stadiums and that was an electric moment to be able to call a a no-hitter there in Taiwan that was a lot of fun uh and you didn't say that the pitcher was working on a no-hitter right does that does that rule apply to broadcasters are you allowed to talk about I I think it's fine I'm like listen (laughs) they can't hear me what does it Come on. It's karma, man. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, in your time calling stuff at Iowa and at Montana State, um, what, who are some of the most impressive athletes you've seen or some of the most impressive individual performances? Uh-huh. Well, um, when I was doing Iowa, uh, I, was, I was there in the recruiting office doing the pregame when George Kittle was there. And, and he was, uh, you know, just he had a great college career. And now he's had a tremendous NFL career, even more of an NFL tight end. Uh, I feel like Luca Garza uh, was a junior whenever I was doing, I filled in for some Iowa basketball and he, uh, he was, uh, he went on to be the national player of the year that year. Uh, And, you know, the funny thing is with Iowa basketball, and this is where you just gotta, you know, you never know when something's going to happen. So I, I get the, I'm a junior in, uh, in college. So I just got done doing Iowa baseball, big 10 championship. We were in Taiwan. We get back and this is like December 15th. It's a Wednesday. I had a final and then, uh, on Thursday and I get a call from the general manager at Learfield and he goes, Hey, what are you doing on Saturday? And, uh, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm going back for Christmas break. I don't have anything. And he goes, well, uh, Gary Dolphin slipped on ice, uh, broke his knee, and is going to need surgery. Can you do the men's basketball game in two days? And I'm like, uh, yeah. sure, yeah, I will jump into this right away, sure. And, you know, got my opportunity that way. But 
the the funny part is is that you know Gary Gary got hurt whatever so that's the first thing then they Jim Albrecht was in Aruba with his wife so he he couldn't do it he was the next backup Rob Brooks was already doing another tournament over there so I was the fourth guy on the list <laughs> no one knew that but I just got the opportunity because uh, it was by association cross everybody else off. Uh, so that was, it was a cool moment to do Luca Garza and that. And then at Montana State, uh, most recently we had we had Troy Anderson who got uh, selected by the um, Atlanta Falcons, and I think he's going to be a really good linebacker. But he's a cool story. So so get this, he's a, he's a Montana kid. He freshman year they put him at running back. He's a true freshman. Becomes uh, an All American running back at the FCS level. Just does a, a tremendous job and. Um, becomes the player of the year in the conference as a freshman or the I'm sorry the freshman of the year sophomore year they move him to quarterback and they're like okay we're gonna move him playmaker put the ball in his hand all-american again and becomes the player of the year in the entire conference wow. just tremendous then they go listen you got more of a shot on the defensive side of the football we're gonna put you at linebacker junior year goes to the linebacker becomes an all-american defensive player of the year in the conference and then senior year they move him to outside linebacker he's got some speed whatever new coaching staff and he becomes an all-american again and the defensive player of the year so he was a all-american American four years, all, different sides of the football. He's a great athlete, and he, I think, is going to make an impact for the Falcons. That is an old school football player. Yeah, that's yeah. some Montana football. So let's close with asking you a, a, a two part personal question, and this is about you and the job. Yeah. What are you most worried about, and what are you most excited about when you think about the coming year and the stuff you're going to be doing? Yeah, that's a good uh, nowadays, I guess, saying something that uh, can get you canceled or something like that is probably <laughs> top of mind. Get right you away. fired, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think one of the biggest things that um, I'm most excited about is getting an opportunity to interact with the players, coaches and, and you know, on a personal level, get to know them and uh, get an opportunity to be able to broadcast those games, you know, across the state. Uh, that just really excites me to go to the different places in the ACC, uh, you know, places that you can only dream of, you know, at, at North Carolina and, and Syracuse and Duke and, and those type of places. Uh, I, I think what makes me the most nervous maybe is kind of like what we talked about before the these universities and schools have such rich history and something and saying something that I don't know is, you know, like, a no-no or, you know, saying something where, you know, someone's like offended by it or something you say like that. I think that's always as a broadcaster, something you think about is, yeah. you know, is someone going to be offended by what you're saying? Um, so, well, the good, the good thing is as far as saying things that, that might not have, might not show knowledge of the history of the universities, you, you got Burnup and Roth that's right true, there. Yeah. So they'll just come on to your piece and say, listen, when we come back from commercial, <laughs> don't say anything you like that, that again, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Zach, we appreciate you coming on with us. And, folks, that is Zach Mackey, who is the, let's get the job title right, yeah. the Director of Broadcasting at Virginia Tech at the ripe young age of 27. I'm more than twice as old as you, <laughs> so now I feel bad. Plus, you're taller and have a great voice and better hair and all that good stuff. So, anyway, thanks for coming on and, and spending time with us, and uh, hopefully people have enjoyed getting to know you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, folks, that has been Tech Sideline Podcast 249, brought to you by, presented by, not brought to you by, presented by First Bank and Trust Company. Thanks for listening and watching.